Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, what's up, guys? Good night. And by good night, I mean like good evening as a greeting, not like have a good night. You know what I mean? I also hope that you have a good night, but it's only beginning. So anyways, hey. So good to be with you guys. Yeah, privilege to um, get to minister the Word of God this evening, and yeah, always a privilege. I love I love being a young adult. You know, we get to we get together, and it's a little bit more of just kind of that intimate family vibe, and it's and it's um, yeah more more casual. We never want to get casual about the pre- the presence of God, but we do have access to this element of friendship with God that He teaches us, and friendship with each other. We can just uh, kind of hang out, and I like that. It's, a, it's different than, than a Sunday morning, and that's fun. So it's intended that way. So anyways, good to be with you guys. Um, I just want to open up with a word of prayer, and, and let's jump into this baby here, all right? <laughs> Literally. Am I right? Jesus? Christmas? <laughs> all right. All right. God, thanks for tonight. God, we just say that we love you. Um, God, we're so thankful that we get to get together and worship you, and just bring you glory and honor and praise. God, you're always worthy. You're always good. You never change. You've never changed, and yet you're always doing something new. God, we thank you for the new things that you're doing in us and through us and that you're teaching us this evening. God, I pray that you give each of us here who came out um, something special, something special, a part of your heart that would be revealed tonight. Uh, God, that we could take home and would change um, how we how we do life, how we think about you, how we relate to you, God, how we relate to each other, how we relate to our world. We don't want to just hear um, some information and, and teaching and, and stuff and, and get impressed or not. God, we want to uh, be a part of a, a community and we want to live lives as believers that they affect change in the world and it means something. So, God, we just humbly come before you, uh, myself included, and we just say, God, we want to receive from you directly. God, we want to receive from your presence and your Holy Spirit tonight. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, this is going to be good. Tonight, uh, I wanted to talk about something uh, and use a a couple big kind of Christmassy church words, and those are, uh, well, I'll just give you the first one, incarnation. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, so incarnation, so good. You know, I'm really, I really, um, when I get thinking about the Bible, the Word of God, and, and different kind of topical stuff that you can talk about in, in Scripture relating to God, I get so excited. Um, I, it's really hard for me to um, only narrow my focus on one thing because I just fall in love so much with the big picture, the, the overall, the big narrative of the gospel and what that means in like a big, a big picture thing. You know what I mean? I can look at like, you know, forgiveness or I can look at like forgiveness. Maybe that makes sense to you. Maybe it doesn't, but I'll, I'll show you what I mean. So it's really good. I love that zoomed out thing. So it's, it's not just Christmas, but it's Christmas in, in context because we don't, uh, we don't just uh, celebrate the impact that Jesus had on our lives for you know, a couple weeks in December. No, of course, that has application for our, our whole lives. Everybody who's ever lived um, has application for us. Everybody who ever will live has application for us. So I want to talk about it in that way. Um, and, and we've often heard the gospel story of how Jesus 
came, who was born of a virgin Mary. We could read those scriptures, and those are excellent. And I hope we do that in some, in some coming weeks. We're going to be talking more about the Christmas story here on Sunday mornings at Refuge or at the church that you attend on Sundays. That's going to be amazing. But I wanted to talk big picture tonight, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Anybody get those cinnamon gummy bears and their hot chocolate? I highly recommend it. If you got some more of that on the way out, I was a little bit skeptical, but gummy bears and hot chocolate, it's been revealed to me tonight. This is a divine combination, all right? So a little plug for that. All right, um, so incarnation. You know, when I, th- when I hear the word incarnation, I, I kind of think of uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like, uh, like reincarnation, you know, like Eastern religion of, you know, perhaps in, if in this life I, I, I was really, I had good behavior, so I get promoted to, in my next life, I get reincarnated as something better than what I am now. I get more abs or something in my next life. Yeah, and it's kind of, that's kind of shocking, isn't it? I mean, come on, come on. So, yeah, but that's what I think of when I think of incarnation, but I, I want to talk about that because that's really, that's, uh, that's a way that we can apply that, but the incarnation was, was Jesus becoming flesh. That's when, when Jesus, God, entered the world. So uh, we can define incarnation as this, the embodiment in the flesh of a deity, spirit, or abstract quality. Specifically, we want to talk about the God of the universe, okay? He's our, he's our deity. He's, he's the one and only deity. He's the true God, right? And, he, and he, he came and he did that crazy thing of deciding not to just stay up in heaven and, and chill and watch his creation do its thing, but to come and be with us and experience life with us and die for us and give us access to this incredible life and kingdom and relationship um, that, that we'll get to talk all about. So, but I want to talk about this. So first thing tonight is the, the incarnation, just, you know, being able to wrap our minds around just basically what, what that is and, and what that meant when Jesus did that. The purpose of the incarnation uh, was ultimately, spoiler alert, something I want to talk about tonight, reconciliation. And the word reconciliation, when I think of that, I don't know what comes to mind for you, but for me, I think of, like, uh, making up with a, a friend or a loved one after a fight or something like that. It's being, it's being made right, being made, being made whole. If you get wrong, do you need to reconcile to become right again, right? Does that make sense? So that's, I mean, that's just rec- reconciliation, um, the short version there, so... Something that's really interesting about Jesus is that often we, we, think about, we think about Jesus and we think about um, having a relationship with him. We think about heaven and hell and we think about eternity, all wonderful things. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, we have access um, to eternal life with God. That's awesome. But as uh, Mr. Ben Craigness here so eloquently pointed out this morning in, in different words, but uh, give it up for Ben. That was great. Thank you, man. It was amazing. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> as he pointed out this morning, in, in different words, there's, there's a revelation of our, our relationship with God when we get to that place where, yes, it's for me, and I, I want to spend my whole life learning and understanding that deeper than I do right now, but it's for more than me, right? It's for uh, the world. It's for everybody. It's for everything. And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. So in that way, Jesus... It was not just a one-time rescue mission. It wasn't just that one time 
when he was born to the earth, he lived for 33 years, was crucified, died, and buried, and rose again, and now he's back up in heaven, and, and that has tremendous implications for our life. But it wasn't just this one-time rescue mission that is kind of like a past thing that we just kind of look back on the past and we're like, oh, isn't that great? And I, I can use that for like salvation and getting eternal life with God. But it's actually more than this one-time rescue mission. Jesus is an all-time reconciliation mission. Yeah, it's like uh, the, other, the other weekend, Marissa and I, we, for my birthday back in October, she said, hey, hey let's, instead of getting us stuff, let's take a trip together. So she uh, arranged tickets, and we went to, just last week, and we went down to Chicago. We drove to Milwaukee, got a babysitter for Smith, her parents, and, and we took the train from Milwaukee down to Chicago, which is really fun. It was cool. They, like, uh, did, they, they were doing, like, the Christmas tree lighting ceremony downtown, and so it was really pretty. We were there with, like, thousands of people packed in the streets, like, waiting in the cold for the trees to go bling. It's kind of ridiculous, but we waited there for like 40 minutes, and they lit up the tree, countdown, fireworks. It was, it was fun, so we did that. But anyways, when we were going down there, I had never really ridden on like a passenger train like that other than this one time in Ch- China, college choir trip, so that was a little different. But the most recently, the time that I rode on a train was down to Chicago, and when, when you get um, on the train, the conductor comes around, and he asks to see your ticket ticket, and you have to present them with your ID and identification, saying, okay, this is me, there's my ticket, this is what gives me a right to be on this train. And I think some of us, it's really tempting to just view our salvation like that sometimes, of that thing of like, hey, I have my salvation ticket, like I said yes to Jesus that one time, and like, you can see, you know, see my name's like written in the book of life, like, you can see my ID, like, you recognize me, like, I'm good, like, Thank you. You can leave me alone now. I'm going to enjoy my train ride. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that except for there's more to it than that. And, you know, it's like oftentimes we're, we're waiting even before we get on that train, right? There were, we were there waiting in the train station, and there's all kinds of people around, and they're uh, kind of on their phones or just kind of mulling about, minding their own business. And it's, it's tempting for me to just kind of do the same and I'm just kind of, I've got my train ticket, I'm good to go, I'm just waiting for the train to show up so I can get to my destination, right? Uh, but there's people there that, uh, uh, yeah, are, are going to all kinds of different destinations. And, um, yeah, I don't know, it's just an interesting metaphor. I like to think about that, that it's like, uh, we, we, it's about more than just, just the, the golden ticket to, to get our way into heaven, but it's about... The, it's about the journey, it's about the ride, and everything like that. So, um, I don't know about you guys, but the thing about Jesus, God incarnate, um, is that, that he, he moves me, and that there's, there's a message of just being nice to each other isn't, uh, it's a great sentiment, but that isn't the thing that moves me, that wants to give my life and my heart in, uh, to to Jesus, or to, that doesn't bring a tremendous amount of significant meaning to my life, but it's, it's the thing of, like, assure me of love, you know, beyond brokenness, you know, or let's, you know, break down the doors of, of darkness and, and death with the keys of hope, or, um, you know, show me, show me hope on the other side of tragedy. It's, um, you know, show me mercy in the places where it has no 
no business being, but God gives it anyways. Those are the things about Jesus that give me literal goosebumps that, I, I mean, it's not all about that feeling, but I think that there's something of like recognizing the the <laughs> reconciliation happening in the world that's wired into us biologically, spiritually, whatever, that, that makes us come alive. And Jesus is alive. And, you know, it, it, I don't think a, a dead man could, could prick our, our conscience and our spirit like that to recognize something holy and something sacred in, in things that happen like that where I'm just like, thank you, God. You're so real. Um, so, yeah, that's good. So back to the rescue thing. Uh, Jesus wasn't just a, a one-time rescue mission, right? Because to me, to rescue is, is kind of just to, uh, like, preserve or, like, uh, keep from... If I, if I rescue uh, my son Smith from running off this stage, I just prevent him from falling and hurting himself, which is great. Preventing injury or loss or destruction, something like that, right? That's good to, to rescue something. And, I, you know, I can be rescued from a life apart from God. That's, that's good. But again, that's only half of it. It's about, that, that to me is just kind of about survival. And I want to do more than survive in my life. Amen. To reconcile is to not just rescue, but to restore friendship and harmony. That's about relationship. Right? So it's good. Uh, I just, do we have the, some of these scriptures on the screen here? Yeah, awesome. Can we uh, show this Galatians scripture here? I'll just read it to you guys from here so we can read it together. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of a woman, sorry, born under the law, next, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. We weren't just rescued, we were reconciled in familial relationship through adoption to Jesus. You can keep going there. Um, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, which that word Abba, if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's, uh, it's like their expression of saying, Daddy, that's what that is, Daddy, you know, how, how familiar a term for us to be able to use with the God of the universe, isn't that special? Daddy, so you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Yeah, so we're adopted into this kind of reconciling relationship. So we experience that for ourselves. I want the world to experience that through me. That's good. So second thing here. So the purpose of the incarnation was reconciliation. It's this. Jesus came to reconcile all things. Everybody say, all things. All things. Yeah, Jesus came to reconcile all things. Notice I didn't just say all people. I said all things, people being included in that, but everyone and everything. His desire is that nothing would be lost, nothing would be wasted, nothing would be left untouched by the power of his birth, death, and resurrection, and that ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, it's so good. I love that, that, that Jesus' heart, because he, he, uh, he created the world, and he looked at it, and he said, it's good, it's good. It was, go- it was all good in the garden. There was nothing that he made that was, like, uh, not good, except for man being alone, right? We talked about that this morning, too. But, but God provided for anything that was lacking in his creation. He, made, he provided, and it was whole, and it was perfect. And the thing that made it imperfect was that gift of, uh, of free will that he gave us, right? He didn't want a bunch of worshiping robots. He gave us the, that freedom 
to, to choose him or to, to not choose him. That kind of choice that is the only thing that allows for a relationship to develop because otherwise it's just slavery. That's literally the definition of slavery, is it not? You know, if you remove that element of, of choice, if, if I, you know, force you to come, like, work for me or if I force you to be my friend or, like, put you on my payroll to like me and give me compliments, like, you're not doing that. Well, you might be doing that because you chose to, but you know what I mean? Isolate the situation for the example's sake. It's like if you take away that element of free choice, there ceases to be an opportunity for authentic relationship. That's just slavery. And God didn't want a bunch of slaves. He wanted, he wanted children. He wanted sons and daughters. He wanted friends. He wanted, uh, you know, co-heirs you know, with Christ. So that's, that's who we are. That's what we have access to. That's so good. Um, let's look at uh, Colossians here. He's restoring all things. He's re- reconciling all things. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, he says this. This is so interesting. Listen to how many times he uses this all-inclusive language for the way that he's reconciling the world and everyone in it. He says, he is the image of the invisible God as Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. When he says firstborn, he doesn't mean literally he was the first one that was born, but the firstborn in a family line is often the heir, is the, is the one who's... Um, has, has authority, has, has birthright, has importance or preeminence there. So he's the firstborn, you could say, over all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. That word also, uh, that word dwell actually literally means like tabernacle. The fullness of God was pleased to tabernacle in Jesus. Isn't that good? You know, the tabernacle, we see that in the, in the Old Testament is as the physical dwelling place of the presence of God, because the presence of God hadn't yet been made manifest in Jesus, the Holy Spirit hadn't been unleashed on the world and come to live in the hearts of believers who have entered into relationship with God. This is the place where the Spirit chose to make Himself manifest. His presence is in, you know, this tabernacle, this holy, um, you know, is is the Ark of the Covenant. Is is this um, another amazing subject? It's it's what was in the heart, the holy, the holy of the temple. And everything like that. So the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus, in verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's such inclusive language that there's, there's nothing that, he, that isn't in his heart to reconcile and restore. And it makes me just like double check myself. What are the things that I write off that I'm like, oh, this thing here is, um, you know, oh, that, that is, that's just going to burn. Oh, that's just ashes. Or this thing is worldly. You know, there, there are some things that are worldly, but there are some things that I've chosen to write off because I've just lost hope in God's plan for reconciliation for that thing or that person. Am I right? Oh, it just hurts a little bit, but it hurts good. You know, when I think of those, those all things, you know, God talks a, a lot about, um, you know, the earth. I don't want to talk, this isn't like an environmental message necessarily, but, but stewarding, stewarding the earth itself is not, 
is not like, it's not a secular pursuit, you know, that, that, um, yeah, the incarnate deity of Jesus, he suffers not only for, for the sins human, humans have committed against God, but also suffers with, for, on the cross, and, and as part of creation, because God himself chose to be a created being through Jesus as creation, which has become alienated because of, of our, uh, like humans and our, our violation of, of our environment or, or just resignation, right? Either, either we, you know, it's like acts of, you know, you guys know how devastating war is on the environment, things like that. Or if we just choose to like ignore and, and not, there's, there can be like active, like I'm being a terrible steward actively, I'm just being a rebel. Or there's the kind that's just like passive, like I just happen to be participating in a system that's kind of broken and, and polluting the world or whatever you want to say. And that's the category that most of ourselves fall into, but it actually doesn't free us of the responsibility of being aware of that and, and working against, against that. So just kind of an interesting, interesting point that I think sometimes it's tempting to be like, you know, someday we're going to live with God in heaven and everything here, it's just going to turn to ashes. So why does it really matter to like invest in that? Or, you know, it's like I could spend, you know, money and dollars and effort in, in saving souls. Why do I care about planting trees or something like that? But, you know, in, when God talks about restore, and there's like a good point to that because, you know, we are, we are the climax of God's creation. He does give humans uniquely a, a soul and a conscience and a spirit to experience relationship with him uniquely like no other part of his creation. So don't hear me wrong there. There's a, there's a priority on the souls of human beings, but we, we cannot write off everything, everything else. Um, and again, different, we, we have different callings. And so some of us will be called to be fishers, fishers of men. All of us are called to be fishes of men, but you know what I mean, in, in different measures, in different areas. And there's some of us who are going to be called to the, the marketplace and to businesses or called to nonprofits or called to, you know, do, do whatever. Do your thing. Do what you're good at. Do what God's calling you to do. And, and not all those things are going to be like, you know, working in a church. If we all worked at church, nothing would, you know what I mean? That would not be the solution, clearly, right? So, cool. Um, I think of this analogy, um, it's like we are in a burning building, okay, and there's a fireman, let's say the fireman is Jesus, okay, it's like the fireman, you know, I think of the fireman running in, you know, throwing us over his shoulder, you know, <laughs> the flames, choking the flames and carrying us out of the building, and you know, we get, we rescues us from safety, and you turn around, and this thing's just, just crumbles to the ground because it's on fire, and it's like, wow, wasn't that cool? close one. Good thing you rescued me, Jesus. But I think there's, uh, there's a Jesus who I, I want to worship and I want to I learn more about and I want to be more aware of that doesn't just rescue us from the flames and watch it burn, but he actually comes in and I go with me here. This is just my own brain picture. It's not a perfect metaphor, but this Jesus comes in. Maybe he brings us a fire suit, connects us to fresh oxygen, comes in with, I don't know, the fire hose of heaven and says, here, grab half of this hose. You know, we're going to put out these flames together. We're going to reclaim this foundation. We're going to, you know, we're going to plant a garden here. You know what I mean? We're not going to just let this thing burn and, you know, you know, whatever. But he's, he's redeeming, he's restoring, he's reconciling. So I know that's just metaphor talk, but, um, you know, I can't, I can't apply that to your life or your relationships 
for you. But that's, that's like work, work to do in your own heart to think about, man, where are the places where I might have given up on, on something or someone? Yeah, it's good. Um, just, one more, just one more note on that, on that point, that, that Romans 8 passage. Romans 8, 18 to 22. Um, yeah, creation has fallen in our hands and longs for that kind of redemption. He says, uh, he says this, author of Romans, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us, or to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, that's us, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Yeah, there's a lot in there that's really dense. <laughs> but I just want us to see there's this, there's this element and there's this undertone of, of creation actually longing for the kind of restoration and reconciliation into relationship with God and wholeness that, that we can experience in a spiritual way. You know, the creation longs to be redeemed in that same way. And we, we bear the responsibility as, as, as stewards of our, uh, of our planet of doing that. So it's good. The incarnation confers dignity, not only on humankind, but on everything and everyone, past and present. It sanctifies the biophysical world, making all things meaningful and worthy and valuable in the divine scheme. You know, it's, it, it kind of starts erasing that secular, sacred divide. Because is there anything... That God, you know, is there anything, you know, it's just a way, it's a way of thinking about it. It's not like a black and white thing. This is just like a way of, of thinking about the world, right? It, that there are, there are certainly things that are, that are evil, that are, are secular, that are, that are worldly, you know, like a, a brothel or something like that. Like that's not, that's not <laughs> godly. That's a, a secular thing. It's, but what I mean to say is it starts erasing that secular sacred divide um, between what, what God can use and what's in God's heart to, to make. God can show up anywhere he wants to. And we can burn the brothel to the street or we can, you know, go in there, get everyone saved and, you know, turn it into a soup kitchen. Or you know what I mean? It's just that, it's that kind of thing. So just looking at our, looking at our hearts, okay? <clears throat> Great. Great. So Jesus empowers us to continue his mission of reconciliation until he comes back. Very good. I want to read this passage about the the ministry of reconciliation that God gives us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, he says this. We're familiar with this first part for sure, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We worship God with that this, this evening, didn't we? And this morning, huh? Yeah. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Hmm. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal to the world through us. 
We implore you on behalf of Christ, right? This is a letter to the Corinthian church, but we can apply it to ourselves as well. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I think that's cool. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation to be his ambassadors and to make his appeal to the world through you and me. <laughs> yeah, humbling, uh, but also such a privilege, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Uh, let's look at this. You, get, you guys familiar with the, the Great Commission? I know in my, in my uh, days as a, as, a, as a crew student, uh, oh man, this is, uh, this is in my DNA, so, yeah, that Matthew, Matthew 28, where uh, <coughs> we talk about go there for, <coughs> you know, making disciples of all nations and uh, everything there. I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but it, there's, a, there's a great commission that's found in, in, a, in Mark that's, that's very similar, but it's just a little bit different. He says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's what he says. You know, that certainly we're to make disciples, but our, our gospel to preach is, is to everyone and everything. I think that's just interesting. And, um, yeah, Jesus entrusts this to us. You guys familiar with the par- parable of the talents in, um, in the book of Matthew? Jesus is, is telling a story, and the story goes like this. He gave one guy, you know, ten talents, a unit of currency. He gives one guy, well, I think it's like one... He gives one guy five, gives another two, and another one one, and the master leaves and, and comes back and was like, basically, what did you, were you faithful with what I gave you while I was gone, is, is the question that he asks, because he was gone for, for a little while. And they were, you know, they were like indentured servants here, where they were responsible for stewarding what was entrusted to them. And, and one of them, you know, increases it, one of them, you know just buries it in the field because he's afraid. You know, it doesn't really matter the outcome, but it's, it's that same question. What, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the, with the ministry of reconciliation that's been entrusted to us? The master, our master, expects us as his servants and as, as his friends, amen, if we've entered into that friendship with him, to do more than passively preserve what has been entrusted to us. He expects us to generate a return by using our talents, you know, you could say talents as in the money, literally, or in our, our talents, the giftings and callings that he's given each of us toward productive ends. It's good. It's good. So, yeah, I want us, I want us to take away this and remember this. The, the cross, the cross is for everyone and everything. There is, no, there is no one that is too far gone, you included, you included, Myself included, there's none of us that is ever too far gone for the reconciliation, the redemption, the rescue of Jesus Christ, okay? It's for everyone and everything. And we need to be careful not to let the devil have what doesn't belong to him. It's good. God has entrusted and empowered us with his message of reconciliation. And so it's, yeah, that's for us to, to kind of figure out what that looks like. In our context, where we have where we have keys to uh, relationships to parts of our world that we have a unique uh, we have a unique audience or unique friendships where we can we can usher in uh, the presence of God and the reconciliation 
of God in ways that, that the world desperately needs. And, and we can't give away what we haven't received, right? And so I just want to close with this. That's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 passage. Paul implores them on behalf of Christ. He says this, be reconciled to God. And verse 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when we might become the perfection of God and extend that to everyone and everything. So yeah, that, that's just my challenge to us. If, if there's anyone here tonight who feels like I have not been reconciled to God or I need a, a fresh dose of some reconciliation with Father God tonight, uh, I just want to say that's available. I just want to pray for us right now to, to receive that because he is a, a good, trustworthy father. And, and regardless of, of how, um, our, you know, how, how great or our, how poor our, our earthly father examples of that have been, I know that can be you know, kind of confusing when we compare that to like, oh, our heavenly father and everything like that. But he's a good and he's a trustworthy father. And regardless of my experience with that, I, I love saying this, I, I refuse to lower my theology and my belief to the level of my experience. If I allowed the level of my experience to dictate my belief, I mean, I, I wouldn't get very far. I, I, trust, I trust things that I don't see, not out of a place of foolishness, but out of a place of faith. And in submission with leaders who I trust and friends who I trust who can call me out if I'm wrong, I give people permission in my life to do that. But, you know, it's good. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's be reconciled to God. So let's just, let's just pray for that. God, uh, thank you that, that you're good and that you love us, and it is never too late. Thank you that wherever we're at tonight, God, you give us permission to come as we are, um, to come in whatever state of, of wholeness or brokenness or what, on that, wherever we are on that, that spectrum that has no, <laughs> it has no end in perfection until we're with you in glory, God. But wherever we find ourselves, God, thank you that we have access um, yeah, to the most intimate places of your heart and that that's a safe place, that's not a scary place. So, God, we just say that we want to be made right in relationship with you. Would you come in and would you uh, fill us with your, with your Holy Spirit, God? Will you say yes to, to a relationship with you? We confess, God, that, that, that Jesus did this crazy thing of humbling himself, not to just um, sit in heaven and, and watch his creation and, and everything play out, but to become one of us, to experience all the the emotions, all the puberty, all the suffering, all the everything that we would ever experience to walk through those things, be crucified, died, and buried, and to rise again to say, you can rise again too. You can rise again too with him. So, God, we say yes to that experience, yes to that relationship. God, would you teach us more about what that means, teach us how to walk that out more fully in our lives, and most of all, God, just to teach us how to fall more in love with you. God, I just want to be compelled. We want to be compelled by love, our love relationship with you. God, there's nothing else that can motivate us to be ministers and ambassadors of your ministry of reconciliation that you've entrusted 
with us. It's out of a love for you and an honor for who you are, God, that we'll be um, compelled to do those things, not out of a sense of, of slavery, of fear, of duty, of obligation, but out of love and out of joy, God. And so we thank you for these things. We thank you that we can just be your kids and sit at your feet. We thank you that we can spend this time together. Worship team, you guys can, can come back up. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, I, I would just encourage you guys, if, if, there's, if there's a place that feels hopeless in your life, if there's a person, a relationship that feels hopeless in your life, bring that, bring that to the Lord. Bring that before him. Those are the things we must, we must take before him. We, <laughs> we can't let those things just sit inside of us and stir and stir and stir. Those are the things when we feel that stirring, that's an invitation to bring it before him. It's an invitation to bring it before him. Uh, oh, man. And, and whenever we have opportunities to do that, we need to take them. I think worship is one of those great opportunities because it's about us telling God who he is and just bringing him praise and glory. But it's also an opportunity. We, let's just stand together. Um, it's also an opportunity uh, for us to, to make ourselves right with him. And some of those rare opportunities where we're together, uh, but we're also just with him. And we, 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 have, we, we have sound mind, uh, and, and we can choose to focus our attention where it needs to be as God brings up the grace for where that needs to be. So I'll just challenge you, any, any place that feels like hopeless, and I'll say this, even if it doesn't feel like a hopeless place, if it feels like a place that's not just uh, exploding with hope, if it's anything less than exploding with hope, there's something more there for you in that place, in that relationship, in that thing. Yeah, God's good. God's good. He can take care of us. So um, let's just let's just sing about our love for Jesus. And uh, yeah, I just believe that He's going to meet us during this time. He's going to meet us this week. He's going to meet us in our lives and uh, lead us and guide us. And and He's going to work. He's going to work with us. And he's going to bring reconciliation in our lives, not just a rescue, but a restoring, a restoration of friendship, of harmony, of unity in those places and in those relationships. Nothing is too far gone. Nothing is too far gone. Amen. Let's worship. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.